God expects us to do two things. One is to listen to him. And the other thing is to sing so that he can listen to us. And uh, this morning he was looking to each one of us, you know, for our songs. You know, whether, you know, he wanted to listen to his children. If you had followed the lyrics, uh, message and the lyrics are the same. But you will be able to understand it more if you follow the lyrics this morning. Thank you, Pastor Sani, for choosing those songs. The last Sunday's message is still fresh in our memories. If you remember, the Lord is risen. Hallelujah. Our Lord is alive. Emmanuel, God with us. That's why we are standing here. And this morning, I just want to draw our attention to how to experience the resurrected Savior more deeply through prayer. If God is alive, how to experience the resurrected Savior more deeply through prayer? You know, in this regard, the Apostle Paul can encourage and he can teach and he can correct, he can motivate uh, and he can also help us to experience God more deeply through prayer. If you have listened to the Pastor Sani was telling, he was sitting in the prison and he was writing the deep mysteries. He was experiencing God in the dungeon. Paul has not only experienced special revelation, has also written extensively about prayers. His letters are filled with prayers. So hence the challenge is to choose the prayer that is on the top of the stack because he has written several prayers. It's not a difficult job because without doubt, the prayer that's on the top of the stack is found in Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. This prayer invites each one of us into the holiest place of the Christian life. It is not for special people. It invites each one of us, the ordinary Christians, into the holiest place of the Christian life. Let's rise to our feet for the scripture reading, taken from the letter to the Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. Ephesians, chapter 3, verses 14 to 21. For this reason, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derive. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ and to know this love that surpasses me. 
that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. This is God's word. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Our Father, open our eyes. Let our ears be attentive to your word, to your words. It's too high for us to even comprehend, even to imagine. We are mortal people, O oh Lord. I pray today you'll widen our understanding. Today you will touch our hearts. Give us a little taste of what you have in store for us. That end, I submit all of us to your hand. Holy Spirit, have your way in our midst. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Kindly be seated. As we read and reread this passage, you know, the message of the prayer is that we should expect and seek profound, life-changing, deep spiritual experiences of divine love and joy of God. Let me repeat it. We should expect and seek profound, life-changing, deep spiritual experiences of divine love and joy of God. Paul pours out his soul to God in prayer so that ordinary Christians like you and me may experience the love of God. I'll not be touching all the aspects. You know, you can preach on this one passage for, for four to five weeks. But let me try to finish this today. We, can, we will study this passage under three headings. One, why do we need the spiritual experience? Two, what is the spiritual experience? Three, how do we receive the spiritual experience? Why do we need the spiritual experience? What is the spiritual experience? How do we receive this spiritual experience? Why do we need this spiritual experience? First, this is a prayer for Christians. In Ephesians 1.1, Paul says, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus, by the will of God, to God's holy people in Ephesus, the faithful in Christ Jesus. They are holy people. They are saved people. They are believers. So this is for ordinary Christians. You know, if you know a little bit about the scriptures, though this letter is addressed to the people in Ephesus, 
it is supposed to be read in all the churches that are in the surrounding areas. We call it as a circular letter. In other words, what Paul is writing here is not only to the people in Ephesus, but to all the believers in and around the regions. That means to ordinary Christians everywhere, which means it is applicable to you and me. It is not only to the people in Ephesus. It's to each one of us. Second, what is his prayer? His prayer is in verse 16 and 17. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Is it not strange? Was not Christ dwelling in our hearts when we accepted Jesus? He says, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. Paul told in Ephesians chapter 2, 22, he said, and in him, you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. Paul himself has said, you know, to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. You know, more so in Colossians chapter 2 verses 9 and 10, he says, For in Christ, all the fullness of the deity lives in bodily form. And in Christ, you have been brought to fullness. What is happening here? Is Paul contradicting himself? No, not at all. What Paul was mentioning in Ephesians chapter 2.22, Colossians 2.9-10, he is telling about our legal entitlement. You know, legally, the fullness of Christ belongs to all the Christians. If you have a check for one crore rupees, and if you have not encashed it, you can't buy even a single cup of tea with that. Is it true? Legally, you have a check for one crore rupees, but if you have not encashed it, you can't buy even once one cup of coffee. It's the same. Legally, you have Christ in you, but have you encashed it? Have you experienced it? That's what Paul's prayer here in Ephesians chapter 3. It is one thing to believe in God. It is one thing to believe in the love of God. And it is altogether another thing to experience the love of God. Both are altogether different. We can believe, but to experience is different. And Paul wants all of us to experience the love of God because it is there for every ordinary Christians, not to special people, but to each one of us. See, that's why Paul says, in, in, I pray that out of his glorious riches, you know, Paul says, God may use his inexhaustible source of his riches. It is not ordinary. Let God use all his attributes out of his, out of his glorious riches. He may strengthen you with power.
power through his spirit, that's Holy Spirit, in your inner being. It's a well-known fact that people in Ephesus and the surrounding areas were facing severe financial problems. You read history, you read the book of Revelation, you will understand. They were facing persecution. They were facing dangers from invading armies. They, they didn't have the pleasure or peace of sitting like you and me. They, were, you know, they had the threat of robbers. They couldn't just move on the highway the way we move, the way we drive. You know, they were facing sickness. If you are talking of COVID-19, they had faced severe sicknesses than us. And they were facing diseases, pestilence, failure of crops. And what is Paul's prayer? When I say all this, don't think that New, New Testament undermines these problems. No, New Testament does not undermine these problems. The problem of sickness, poverty, financial crisis. The New Testament doesn't undermine these problems. But on the contrary, the New Testament has repeatedly told us that you will never be free from trials and tribulations in this sinful world. You will never be free from trials and tribulations in this sinful world. Hence, it is important that your inner being is strengthened. You know, we think the biggest problem is financial, relational, and physical. That's what we think. We think these are the major problems in life. You know, you think if I get a job in so-and-so company, if I get so much of salary, if I have a house like this, if I have a car like this, if my relationship is restored, you know, if my health is restored, you feel you can face all trials and temptations. You feel, Lord, if only if you solve this one problem, you know, all my problems are resolved. You think like that. But what Paul says is, you know, he says, if your inner man is strengthened, then you can face all, any problem. If your inner man, inner being is strengthened, let the world around you just crumble down, but still you can face it. That is what Paul's prayer. Now, this is what Paul says in, you can just note down the reference, Second Corinthians Chapter 4, verse 16, Paul says, so we are not discouraged. We are not discouraged. But even if our outer man is wasting away, our inward man is being renewed day by day. Even if our outer man is being wasted away, our inner man is being renewed day by day. Do we realize that we have an inner man and an outer man? All of us, we have an inner man and an outer man. While we take care of 
our outer man, how often do we take care of our inner man? Last week, how many times did you pray that your inner man may be strengthened? Now, why does the inner man need to be strengthened? Let me give you three reasons why your inner man needs to be strengthened. First, when we were saved, we were only babes. It is only on salvation you get that inner man. Like newborn babies, we were weak, we were ignorant, we were vulnerable. So newborn babies have to be taken extra care by their parents because they are weak. That is the condition of the inner man. Second, the devil makes it unless you are ready to sacrifice that, unless you deny yourself and take your cross and follow him. So if you want to deny, if you want to strengthen the inner man, it is not an easy life. I know none of us like this message. All of us like comfort, comfort. Who likes pain? But this comes only with pain. This inner man can be strengthened only with pain. And that pain, Jesus endured on the cross. You cannot strengthen this inner man without sharing the sufferings of Jesus Christ. No way. There is no shortcut. If your desire and hunger for that inner man is not strong enough, the world will just suck you. It will just suck you. It will not even allow you to desire this. It will say it's not for you. You believe, don't believe the lie. Because I said the devil is targeting your mind with false ideas and imaginations. He masquerades as an angel of light. He is a man of deception. We have been saved by grace, but we need to hunger for more grace. We have been saved by grace, but we need to hunger for more grace. We need to be the consumers of more grace. Abundant grace. The only way we can do is we need to become people of prayer. That's why Paul prays. Prayer fills our lungs with oxygen of God himself. Prayer fills our lungs with oxygen of God himself. Do you want that oxygen? And Paul's prayer teaches us how to pray. So let me quickly give you three points as to how to pray. Prayer has to be intense. Intense prayer, not ordinary prayer. 
Paul's prayer is very intense. You know, when we read Ephesians 3, 14 to 21, we may say, what is so intense in this prayer? You know, he says, for this reason, I kneel. I kneel. And we say Paul's prayer is intense. You know, because most of the time we kneel, so we feel what is great about it. Jewish people, they didn't kneel down and pray. Their normal posture for praying is standing. And whenever they knelt down, it was very intense. It was an intense battle. So when Paul's, when it's written here, for this reason, I kneel down, means it is very intense prayer. You know, when Ezra confessed the sins of Israel, he fell on his knees and prayed. You can read in Ezra chapter 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 5. When he confessed the sins of Israel, he knelt down and prayed. And Jesus, in the garden of Gethsemane, knelt down and he prayed. Luke chapter 22, 41. And when Stephen was being stoned to death, he fell on his knees and prayed. Acts 7, 16. If you want this experience, you need to be intense in your prayer. It is not just a kneeling down prayer because that has been our normal pattern, but it has to be intense. It has to be a Gethsemane prayer. It is a life and death prayer. You need to ask for this experience like that. That intensity with which you need to ask. Second, it has to be an aggressive wrestling. Paul says you may have power to gather with all the Lord's holy people to grasp. You know, you, it's good to read a little bit of Greek. Little understanding is good. <clears throat> the Greek word for grasp is kata lambano. Okay, you just Google it. This will be the meaning. To lay hold of has to make one's own. Grasp means to lay hold of has to make one's own. Second, to seize upon, take possession of. And in that, it is of evil power as well as good power. Okay, it's, it's in Google, you find it out. Uh, of evils overtaking one. Of a demon about to torment one. That is grasp. In a good sense of Christ by his holy power and influence laying hold of the human mind and will in order to prompt and govern it. That is grasp. If you don't, if you don't understand the meaning of this word grasp, we will not understand even the prayer. You know, you need to have power. It is... Uh, to, let me put it this way. It is like, I run fast. Okay? Somebody is running ahead. I know he's having something precious with him. I run fast. I take hold of him. I push him to the ground. And I take what he has. It is that kind of prayer Paul is talking about. Not ordinary prayer. Not the prayer that we mutter morning and evening. 
it is that intense prayer which enables you to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of christ for you and it has to be done communally because paul says together with all the lord's holy people i don't know don't ask me what happens in this place church is a place where you grow spiritually i don't know we come we worship we hear the word of god we pray we meet and we go i don't know what happens in our inner man but inner man is strengthened here it doesn't happen i in an isolated way of life it is here the you experience the love of christ it is here you know how wide is god's love people from all languages all tribes all states all caste we are members of one family do you do you remember the song we sang this morning he has taken us as a child adopted into his family we are no longer this place or from that place or this language or that language we are members of god's family if that has not penetrated our mind we are not to become christians with all the caste feeling language feeling state feeling financial status our education if these are the feelings that govern us we have not had this experience this morning if you are sitting here remember you have been washed by the precious blood of jesus that alone gives you that identity nothing else it doesn't matter from where you come who your parents are how much money you have who cares for that what we care is that one drop of blood holy pure precious blood of jesus that took us from the gutter we all were in the gutter we may wear nice clothes we may have nice education but he picked us from that gutter and he washed us with that one drop of precious pure blood and his power he was ready when you say how deep and high is love he was ready to go down inside that gutter the son of god the holy one was ready to go inside the gutter to search only for you that one paisa was only there nothing else he went only for you he picked it up he washed it and he lifted you up and he put you by his side he exalted you to heavens what are you running after do you want this experience where are you as a christian what are you running after is your inner man being strengthened how long how long you will harden yourself how long how long you will harden your heart will you come to the jesus who gave his life who loved you more than anyone else in this world will you come after him will you ask for his love to experience his love and paul knew he has experienced that 
power and he had that confidence in God. That's why in Ephesians 3.20, he says, we sang that song. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. God is able to do. God is able to do. He is never idle. He is never inactive. He is not dead God. We saw Lord is risen. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. So God is able to do. God is able to do what we ask. He answers our prayers. We need to ask this God. He's able to do what we imagine. Can you imagine? He knows our imaginations. God is able to do all we ask or imagine. With God, nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. God is able to do more than all we ask or imagine. God's expectations are higher than ours. We come with small petitions. Give me a loaf of bread. He has got something more than that. That's what we ask. God is able to do immeasurably more. God never takes a litter and starts measuring. He doesn't have a measure like we have. Take exactly this much of money. No, he doesn't have a measure. There are no limits to what God can do. No limits. This is Paul's prayer for you and me. Will you make this your prayer? Will you make this your prayer? The infinite ability of God to work beyond our prayers or imaginations is by Christ dwelling in our hearts. Make that the permanent address. Ten. If Jesus were to ask, somebody were to ask Jesus, what is your permanent address? He should say, Jesus should say, Pastor Prem's address. That is his permanent address. Put your name and Jesus should say, I dwell there, I dwell there. Will you give your heart to Jesus this morning? You know, this morning, if you had come in the beginning of the service, you heard, if you want to engage, you have to disengage. If you want to make Jesus as the permanent address, then you have to drive away a few things from that place. You cannot say, I will have this also, I'll have that also. No, Jesus is not. He cannot compromise. You have to give that heart 100%. If you make your spouse as an idol, Jesus will say, you keep worshipping him. If you make your children as an idol, Jesus will say, continue to worship him. If I make ministry my idol, continue. Worship the ministry, I have no problem. But that will not be my permanent address. Will you make Christ as his permanent address this morning? You know, it is the power of the resurrection that we have. The power which raised Christ from the dead, enthroned in him, enthroned him in the heavenlies, and then raised, and then enthroned us there with him. If you don't desire that, 
that's the only lasting for that's the only thing that will last forever and ever that is the power which is at work with the christian and the church we want to experience power so that we can be in control paul prays for power that we will be controlled by god himself we all ask for power i'll do this i'll do that but paul is asking for power so that god we are controlled by god himself our mind our emotions our imagination attitude everything is controlled by god himself he is enthroned and seated in our hearts mark this word prayerlessness is often an index to our ignorance of god prayerlessness is often an index to our ignorance of god if your prayer life is the same like last year that normal routine morning evening whatever it is if it is the same same time same duration there's nothing you are able to proceed further you are lacking in the knowledge of god but grow in the grace and the knowledge of the lord jesus christ i preached on that grow in the grace and the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ we are not growing if you want that you want to have a vibrant prayer life your knowledge of god has to change and that comes by reading the word and wrestling and meditating and thinking seriously it will not come in two hours of church service you have to wrestle you have to spend time you have to throw away few things all the gadgets all the video programs you need to throw it away you are not the controller of this world ask god to control you you need to be controlled by god so if you want to increase your prayer life grow in the grace and the knowledge of our lord and savior jesus christ if you are not growing it doesn't matter whether you are 70 or 60 or 50 or 40 if there is no growth then you need to take stock of your life if you are unable to grow you don't feel like praying then you need to take serious thing it is more serious than cancer be a person of prayer let this community be a community of prayer you get all this experience in and through prayer it doesn't come easily real knowledge of god not only teaches us what to pray but gives us powerful incentive to pray the more we know god we will be encouraged to pray the more we know the more we know this person of jesus it will draw us to him he is a magnet you need to know him more and more but you cannot earn it it's purely a gift 
but you can pray for it. It is a gift from God. So we need to hunger. We need to strive. We need to ask, give me that gift. Because it's the most precious gift. Nothing in this world is more precious than what God has in store for you. So pray for it. Ask for it. Cry for it. Agonize for it. You are not asking for the impossible. Don't be discouraged. Seek higher spiritual experiences. Don't be satisfied. Don't give yourself rest or peace until you are filled to the fullness of God. Don't give yourself rest or peace until you are filled to the fullness of God.